Travel can just be like traveling in your backyard. I can travel to a different city in my country and still have the best time as opposed to traveling outside of the country. From somewhere around the world, welcome to the Black Women Travel Podcast. Hi, my name is Wanda Duncan, and I'm so glad you're joining me as we explore the paths of Black women who've made travel a large part of their lives. Welcome to the show. Hey loves, it's Wanda, the host of the Black Women Travel Podcast. I'd like to invite you to become a patron of the Black Women Travel Podcast. There are a few budget-friendly tiers you can choose from so that as a community, we can continue to heal, ask for what we deserve, get it, and inspire the next generation. Tap the link in the show notes and choose a monthly contribution that suits you. I'm so excited about the episodes you'll hear that will nudge you to love yourself deeper and take more action in your life from that empowered place. Please consider becoming a monthly subscriber through patreon.com slash bwtpod. Get ready to hear another great episode. Thank you so much for joining us today. Can you please tell us your name, where you're from, your current location, and the name of your business? My name is Caroline. Thank you, Wanda, for having me on the show. I'm from originally from Zimbabwe. I currently live in London, UK, and the name of my business or my brand is Travel Eat Slay. And do you do Travel Eat Slay alone? Like it's all you? Yes. Well, I'm the founder of Travel Eat Slay, but then um, Travel Eat Slay is also a community of people that um, like to travel. And those that have bought my merchandise, I call them my squad. So um, they, in turn, are part of Travel Eat Slay. So I'm the mama of Travel Eat Slay, but everybody else who's <laughs> who's um, been part of my events, part of my uh, journey in building Travel Eat Slay, who's bought some, who's basically uh, sewed into the business, is a squad member. Literally, because like looking at your Travel Eat Slay. Like, that's all you see. You call them your travel tribe on Twitter. Yeah. But it's like <laughs> all these folks and your T-shirts. So how many um, how many people have you been able to meet through your brand? Oh, many. Um, some are not on social media. So um, to quantify, I, I wouldn't know. But then actually, I did quantify this through group trips alone. I was managed to travel with 70 plus people in 2019. And those people are just UK based. And you've been doing the Travel East Lake for about three or four years already? Yes. So um, it actually started 
well, it was birthed while I was still in my uh, full-time job, which was a travel-related job. It allowed me to travel around the world. And I just felt led to provide something as like, when we travel, we buy souvenirs in whichever country that we travel to and we bring it back home. But I felt I wanted to provide a souvenir that you would take with you whenever you travel. Um, and what better souvenir to take than your clothes, like clothing, fashion, basically. Um, and then I just found those three words, put them together and put it on a on a brand, put it as a brand. And the rest is history. So speaking of history, so you say you're from Zimbabwe. So how did travel come into your life? Um, did your parents like take you on traveling or did you just make a decision on your own at some point? So my travel thing, I was thinking about it really long and hard. And actually my travel came in phases. Um, when I was younger, going on trips, whether it was, um, when I, when I was younger, I mean, like when I was based in Zimbabwe, I was born in Zimbabwe, stayed, lived about three, no, about 10 years of my life there. And then I moved to the UK. Um, growing up during our school holidays, it was a cultural thing within my family not even a cultural thing. I think it was just a family thing that my uh, parents would take us away to maybe if it was even like um, it was still within the country, but it was a different city. We would just explore as a family. And that was our holiday theme. So we would always be looking forward to the holidays because we knew we would be going somewhere and discovering somewhere new. Um, fast forward to like when I was now 11, 12, I moved to the UK and my um, my travel adventures with my family kind of stopped in a way. Um, and I also picked up a few of heights. So I was just like, travel was kind of knocked out of the picture. I just didn't see myself traveling as much. Um, Again, fast forward into my first year of uni, I completed my first year. And for some reason, I felt it was right to treat myself to a holiday. And I picked a three-month um, holiday to go to the US to visit my cousin. And that was the first time me traveling alone. Um, it was a big trip, long period away from home. And I guess from there, I just started thinking about traveling a little bit more and incorporating that into my life. So from that first year of uni, I then took a girl's trip to Spain and I started like rekindling my, my love for travel, even though it was like a really small love for it as in comparison to now. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Yes, three months is a long time. So you were in America for three months on that trip. Yes. Um, I, well, it was my first time to the US as well. And I was visiting my cousin who stays there. And because we were on a long break from uni, I decided to um, use that time away to go to explore. Um, 
I wasn't really exploring. I was just visiting family and it was, I was staying in the same place for that duration of like same city. I was in Indiana and I stayed there for the whole duration. I think I only ventured out once to go to Texas to see another family friend. But then other than that, it, my whole time in the U.S. was just staying with my cousin, um, sometimes even alone because she would go off to work and I would just stay um, at home babysitting. So it was a bit weird that I traveled all this way to just go and sit in a house and babysit and not really venture out and do any like exploring or anything. Because at that time, that wasn't really my notion of traveling. Like I didn't see travel in the eyes that I do see it now. I mean, that's sometimes what comes with family too, though. <laughs> it's like obligations, yeah. or what have you. Yeah. Especially, especially in America, like, um, yeah. From my experience, there's not as much family for you to be able to rely on for like childcare and like all this other stuff. So I bet you were like a godsend having somebody an extra pair. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a, it's a similar thing here in the UK as well. Yeah. Everyone is on their own stuff that there's no time for you no, even to pay a visit. Like everyone has got so many obligations, so many, like during the week, you have got work. And then after work, you have to go home and do your, I don't know, your cooking or just prepare for the next day yeah. and then on the weekend use that to do your chores like whatever you need to do that you couldn't do during the week so visiting family you have to kind of schedule each other in and be like okay I'm free uh, next month or something it's not just like you can up and leave every time just go visit family and friends and stuff yeah it's really interesting like how how different culture, how different lifestyles are. Um, yes. Yeah. And having to, and the allotment of time and how, how much of your time and energy. A lot of people want to go to the UK, Australia, America, Canada, because they want a better quality of life. Mm-hmm. Um, because they want more money but, and a better yes. quality of life that the money can afford you. But it's just like, I think sometimes it gets lost, right? Um, mm-hmm. It takes what, a pinch on your personal life, like yeah. on your social life as well. I don't think people factor that in. A lot of people who immigrate to another country work hard. They work yeah. two jobs, maybe even three. And especially if they're sending money back home or they're trying to sponsor someone to come from home to wherever they are. It's yeah. just work. It is yep. all work. Um, it's usually yeah, it usually is, unless you are lucky enough to land yourself a high-paying job, yeah. which is not always the case. No, it is not. Yeah, it definitely depends. Definitely depends. <laughs> so, so, after that three-month time you spent in America, after you graduated... Mm-hmm. Um, it was before I graduated, actually. It was just oh. I completed my first year of uni. 
Oh, okay, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, so completed your first year. You were like, mm, three months, big stuff. <laughs> right, let's, let's do this. <laughs> so what changed after that? Um, I think I still like travel. I didn't see travel as like a priority in my life okay. then. Um, but then I think I, I actually I'm thinking like where did the where did the um, the bite of traveling come from? I um oh it, it, no, sorry I'm not really sure at like what point in my life I then said yep I want to travel. But at the same time I do remember after I graduated my prayer was that I wanted to find a job that would allow me to travel. So I guess it was between the my first year of uni doing that trip to the US and then in between uh, that time to finishing uni that I felt like I need to incorporate travel in my life. And how better to incorporate it than being paid to do it through your job, which I was lucky enough to um, land that kind of job um, after I, I graduated. It wasn't straight after I graduated because um, I graduated with um, a degree of events management and jobs within that sector are pretty hard to find if you want to have the good paying kind of job. Um, you either need to know somebody within the industry already in order to refer you to a role in their company or something. Um so it took me about a year and a bit after I graduated to then secure the job that allowed me to, to travel. And even going for that interview, I think um, I applied for one role and they interviewed me for a different role. So I think on that note, I can thank God that he was on my side. Um, the role that they actually interviewed me for was the one that enabled me to travel as opposed to the one that I had initially um, interviewed, uh, for. interviewed for. Yeah. Wow, that's really dope. <laughs> <laughs> that's a wonderful experience. Yeah, yeah like, um, at the beginning it was. Like, I started that role. This is going to show my age. I started that role in 2011. And because that was my... You know when you pray for something and it comes to... Um, fruition like it comes to pass and then as you grow within that role that mm -hmm. or whatever thing that you've prayed for your perspective changes right like mm -hmm. you now want something better or you now realize that this isn't really it was nice to begin with but it's not really what I wanted in the long term mm -hmm. and I came to that realization um in 2018 I was still in that same role, like not in the same role. I was still in the same company and my role had escalated um, into, I started as an executive and I ended up being the assistant director in that company for, within my role, which was great elevation. Yes, more money, more responsibility as well. And the job was basically... Um, allowed us to travel to different 
countries where we organized events in, which mm -hmm. to my friends and my family and some people on Instagram was like, wow, you have the perfect job. You're traveling. Um, you're staying in nice hotels. You're um, getting flown everywhere. I want that job. But what they didn't see behind the scenes was the stress that it, it came with and the responsibilities that it came with. Yes, we traveled, but in most cases, we all we saw was the hotel and the airport because you travel to the destination, you get to the hotel, you hold your conference in that hotel, you return back to the airport. And um, to some, they were just like, oh my gosh, I would like to travel. They just saw the, the um, I guess it, it was also how I painted it. Yeah. To say, oh, yeah, today I'm going to here. Next week I'll be in Milan or I'll be in uh, Paris. I'll be in New York, wherever. Um, yes, it was nice to name job and it helped me um, tick off some of the countries um, on my bucket list. But then the pressure that it comes with or the stress that it came with um, made me realize that this isn't exactly what I like in the long term want to continue doing mm -hmm. for my health, for my mental health, for just like your own peace. Mm -hmm. I had to um, really like sit down and say, okay, is this what you want to do or how you want to continue living your life? How long do you see yourself doing this kind of role? And what are the benefits and disadvantages that you're facing with it? But at the same time, that's where I also uh, birthed Travel Islay. So I'm grateful that I was able to come out with, um, I was able to come out with a side hustle, I guess I can say. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it sounds like it's just been part of the process. Yeah. It's like you're, you're raised this kind of way. You invite some experiences into your life. Sometimes they're intentional. Sometimes they're not. And mm -hmm. you become more intentional about the experiences that you want as you continue to grow. Yeah. That's why I was saying, like, my I think my travel has come in phases in that when you're young in the travel mind, I guess I can call it. You have all the, I want to get uh, flown out. I want um, people to pay for my hotel, do this, or like travel to luxury um, destinations as opposed to travel can just be like traveling in your backyard. I can travel to a different city in my country and still have the best time as opposed to traveling outside of the country. Said that. Okay. <laughs> That's all there is about that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, so I, I see that. And um, before I started recording, I told you, like, you don't share a whole lot about yourself personally. What you yeah. do share is like all about travel, eat, slay. You're connecting with other folks locally. You're um, doing your events. You're doing your tours. Um, you get in those snaps. <laughs> those photos <laughs> in your t-shirts like yeah. it seems like you spend quite a bit of time focused on the brand and connecting with others which is really 
something I don't see very often, uh, but like a little bit, but you seem to do it like on, an, on an, another level. It seems like you're constantly connecting with others um, to take your brand to another place. Um, yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> I, to me, it, it sometimes just comes natural, but then I feel um, the brand is not for me. It's for others to um, connect with, whether you're going to connect with me through the travel side, through the event side, through the, um, if you just want uh, a travel tip side kind of thing. I don't feel if we're going to create something or if you're going to create a business, make sure that it's um, impacting value on other people. It's not just for yourself. Um, the guy for Apple, he didn't create Apple, the phones, just for himself. He created something to be utilized for the youth, for um, any generation to use his phones, to use his computers. Um, so likewise, I'm trying to create a brand that all kind of travelers, no matter your age, your uh, race, your um, sexuality, you can connect with me at some level. So thank you for recognizing <laughs> the efforts that I'm doing. And that's why I also call it, it's a tribe because um, whenever anyone is traveling, wearing the merchandise, they are helping me reach to someone else or helping the brand be seen by other people who are um, like-minded, who are other travelers, who can be intrigued and be like, oh, what is this Travel Eat Slay business about? And hopefully they'll be referred to the brand and we can connect with each other. And it's a whole big uh, family that I'm trying to create. So as the mama of the family, <laughs> um, how do you make the decisions about what you do? If you're, if the work that you're doing is for other people, um, mm -hmm. how do you, how do you decide what you know that they want or think that they want? To, I'm, good question. That is actually, because um, to some extent, Actually, to most extent, I see, I try and look on, I'm pretty active on uh, social media, mainly Twitter, just to see like what kind of trends um, the travel tribe are um, lacking or are more interested in. And with that, I run with that. And um, I look at creating, um, whether it's a platform, whether it's an event for it that caters to that need for example um i think that's how the day trips in a way um came about i well they came about in two ways after in 2018 i left the role at the event company that i was working for with the goal to uh spearhead travel Eastlay even more i just felt like i needed to focus on developing that a bit more and I also took that time out to travel myself I had my savings I thought I was had my big girl pants on I thought this is the right time for me to now um 
do even more traveling, but traveling on a different level to the traveling within the company that I used to do. Um, within that company, we would stay in four star, five star hotels. My flights would be covered. Now, I was the one who was covering everything in terms of looking at the destination that I was going to, um, what are the cheapest flights that I can get to that destination and the cheapest hotel that I can get. Um, so my my quality of travel was now like flips up, flipped upside down in a way. Um, but it was also to 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 make it more meaningful to me. Um, so as, as time progressed and my funds got lower because I, um, after I left that role, I think my first trip was to, um, I went to Marrakesh for a week, um, which was a great trip. I got to connect with, um, one traveler that was actually, um, I found on Instagram and we've been like um, talking ever since, which was great. Um, I then also went to, um, I went to Cuba as well. And that was my, I think that was my first solo long haul trip. Well, apart from the one that I had done for the US, I had never really gone that far off by myself. Um, but then at the end of 2018, my funds were low, like were beginning to get low. And I then had to, uh, refocus the way that I travel. And with that, I was just one day on Skyscanner looking on, um, different places to go. And I saw a cheap flight for a day to go to Cologne in Germany. And I thought, okay, why not? Why don't I just do this trip as an ad hoc and just see how it goes? And through that, I was just like, okay, this is very interesting. It's easy for me to just leave in the morning, um, get a flight out from London to whichever destination in Europe, explore, and then come back with the last flight. And Within that day, I would have explored a new country, a new city. I would have taken my snaps. I would have eaten a good lunch somewhere and had created memories for myself. And uh, I can be able to, like, at least show that to other people for them to consider and um, travel even, even more or even frequently. So from that, I was... And I put that on Instagram and I think I did that at the end of um, 2018 I did that for about three different cities and I enjoyed it for myself and this was just by myself me documenting these trips and um, I got a few reactions from people saying oh how come you don't invite us to these trips or how come you don't tell us more of these trips and I was just like I didn't think it was something that uh, people would be interested in it came at the back end of me trying to um, save on the travel or at least do more travel, but in a more effective um, budget way. And I just didn't think that people would be interested. So the beginning of 2019, I started hosting uh, 
day trips, group trips. And the response from that has actually like blown my mind. I just didn't think people would be, would see it as of interest because <clears throat> for some time I'd been seeing people, I thought long haul trips or at least like um, trips. Yeah, basically long haul trips, trips for more than a day were of interest for people. But I think the travel culture, it's a bit mixed, but I think it's, changing to people are looking for budget friendly or a good destination or destinations that they can travel for a short space of time without spending or breaking the bank so I've been able to at least host in 2019 I was able to host uh, 12 day trips to different countries and take over 70 people with me to those trips. So I'm grateful for, <laughs> for allowing Travel Eats Laid to tap into the lives of people who are just itching to, to scratch the, um, the travel interest that they have. So it sounds like you are filling your own need first and you're sharing. Yeah. Then other people are... If I didn't like the things that I was doing, I don't know how I would be able to to portray or at least because I like traveling or because I also like events, I'm doing the things that I like to do and I hope I'm, I'm tapping into other people's interests as well. So it did, does that frame of mind and come naturally to you so everybody has to eat <laughs> that's just yeah. like a thing right you yeah. had your job you were excited about your job until you weren't and you started your side hustle with mm-hmm. travel eat slay to re-enliven you to yeah. make you feel something again about your travels um but it doesn't seem like you were trying to do what you thought people were interested in. You were doing what you were interested in. Um, and, and I just wanted people to come along on the ride. Right. But so like that came naturally to you that you, you were intentional about, I'm not going to do what's popular. I'm not going to try and look for where there's a need. I'm just going to do what I like to do. And then maybe somebody will like that. Were you intentional about that or did that just like kind of happen? Yeah. To begin with, I wasn't intentional, I think. Um, I even remember, like, I cre- I created the tops and I wore it a few times with no intention of selling them to anybody. And I just put it up on my socials. And while I was traveling, I then got interest or inquiries from people to say, where is that top? Where did you get it from? I want one too. And it started like I used to um it started off through PayPal. I'll just give people my PayPal account and I'll say, Okay, send me some money and then I'll I'll get one made for you. So and whenever that switch happened for me to then uh, start producing my merchandise in bulk and selling it to people, making it a business. 
um, I don't know when that switch happened. Okay, girl. So, <laughs> first of all, you are killing me, and it's not softly, and I'm not taking nope. it. You're not just going to roll up on my show just like, oh, yeah, girl, I was just living my life, and life was happening for me. Yep. Wow. Are you just like, yep. you got golden touch? You just Midas out here? Like, <laughs> and you're just so humble about it. You're just like, you know, I just. Because I, I, I really. Um... I woke up. <laughs> I, yeah, I just woke up like this, but no, I really didn't. Um, I, because I don't think, I think everyone, I see, I read, I read different people's um, like entrepreneurial stories, how they came about and everything. I think people have really good stories out there, like how their businesses came about. I just don't think mine has like a glossy cover to it. and. Um, and I'm fine with it, actually. I like how my... What are you talking yeah. about? Caroline, <laughs> how do you mean it doesn't have a glossy? Yours is the journey a lot of people wish they had. Because... <laughs> girl! <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Wanda, calm down. Wanda, Ooh. after this... We're gonna chat because unless you you're seeing something, we're that, chatting I'm... now. This is what the people need to hear. <laughs> this is what I'm telling you. You are showing people that by being themselves, they are able to have the things that they want. And I'm sure there are other things that you want, but they're more than likely on the way because you are very lucky. Like. <laughs> Do you know how many people have like tried this and tried that and it didn't work and it didn't work? Um, I see the girls on Twitter. It's just like, what thumbnail should I use? And oh, this is so aggravating. And how do people do video and this and yeah. that? I, that's not I, that's what I'm getting from you. You are super chill. You just like, girl. I was just. I think I did okay. this. If like if that if. That, Sorry, <laughs> I'm like talking over you. I it's think fun. it's a character thing. I think people need to be strong about who they are in themselves so that they don't always rely on um, other people's um, input in their lives. To me, um, I think it's like I'm, I'm the last born of um, three girls. And I've always just been like, I feel like I grew up quickly in that, like I've been independent so quickly in my, in my life that I don't have to wait for someone's approval for me to do something. For example, I think I w I'm not sure how old I was. I think I was probably uh, 16 or so. I got into the mind or like something came into my mind. The idea came into my mind to get my tongue pierced. And I was just like, oh, and I ran with that idea. Like when I think of something, I give it about a week. It's always playing in my mind. Like, okay, how will it, how will it look? What will I do? This is that. And I don't share it with anyone until it's right with me or at least I have 
it's embedded in me that <clears throat> if anyone says otherwise, because it's so strong within me, I don't really care. Like, I'm going to run with it. If you don't like it, someone else is going to like it. If no one likes it, I like it enough that it's going to be my thing. I'm going to rep it and everything. That's the idea that I got with my tongue piercing. So um, after that week, uh, like I was going back and forth. I was like, oh, but will it be painful? How, where will I do it? I did my research and everything. And then I pitched it to my sisters. I was just like, yo, so I'm thinking of getting um, a tongue piercing. And they came up with the why, like, um, what made you think of this idea? My sisters are nurses. So one of them was just showing me pictures of like tongue piercings gone wrong. And she was like, look at this person. They can't even talk. Their mouth is swollen. This is happening. And I was just like, oh, I get, I see you. I hear you. But because it's within me, I think like the weekend came. And I went to get it done. Then I came back to them and I was like, oh, you know that thing that I said I was going to do? I've now done it. And then I then had to live with the consequences of like, I couldn't eat any food for about two days. And my sisters were like, yeah, you see, we told you. And I was like, but I'm, I'm a clean person. I'm going to take care of it. And I'll do everything that I need to do to make sure I don't become one of those ba- bad cases that you showed me so that lasted for like um oh like I like managed to um not get an infection and I was all cool and I showed like I showed them that you see like I had a plan I had an idea and um I went through with it and I'm all fine I know it's a bad analogy, uh, analogy to refer this to, like a it tongue piercing. It is not a bad analogy, and <laughs> you will not do that today. I won't let you because if you have this process, if that is your philosophy in life, make stuff right with yourself. Present it. If it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, it was a decision that you made, and it was mm-hmm. your decision to make. Yeah. So. With that, and Man, then how, can you just pause for the cause? <laughs> I am freaking out over here. Okay, you what? just the thing is, is that because you don't understand what you have, you don't understand the privileges of what you have that makes your process. Because from what you say, it seems like your process has been really dope. So it makes your process so much smoother. It makes your evolution so much smoother because you have these ideas and you don't understand that other people don't think like you I don't think and so you take for granted because where did that come from who who told you to make it right with yourself first before you went out into the world mm-hmm. who gave you that strength and so I'm sure like people I'm sure if anybody has talked to you and actually listened to what you said <laughs> they're just like wow you're so strong you're so courageous <laughs> And you're just like, mm-hmm, girl, anyway, so this trip to Lisbon, whatever, whatever, maybe you just, yeah. just like pushed it off. But like, it's an actual thing is what I'm trying to tell you. Mm. It's like a big thing. It's not a small thing because that impacts 
how you live your every day. Some people are stuck in jobs. They're afraid to take the leap. Some people are this or that. They're just afraid. I I was on that ladder as well. I was stuck in the, my job was so comfortable for me that, um, I was just afraid to live, uh, to, to live it and be like, what am I going to do? Um, then something came into my mind. I was just like, okay, let's take a piece of paper. Let's draw one line in between, do a plus column and a minus column analyze yourself in this role what do you like what don't you like and uh, as I wrote down like this process probably took me a year to like really because I, I I just didn't want to move and also what what made it worse was um in the job every time I'll be like okay yeah this is my final year I want to leave they would announce destinations for where our events are going to go to that I liked. And I <laughs> and I was just like, Mm-mm. the devil is really trying me here. Like he's making me stay in a position that yes, the, the things were like, the perks were good. The travel was good. The money was good. But if your health, which is the main thing, if you don't have a good stable mental health or like, if you're having panic attacks for waking up in the morning saying that you're going to work, oh, damn it, I have to deal with those people again. Oh, I'm not happy. Then really, that outweighs the perks, right? Like, there's no point of the perk if you're not healthy enough to enjoy the perk. So I had to really deep my situation, like think deep about my situation and just say, um, what do you like? What don't you like? If the things that you don't like are more than the things that you like, sister girl, it's about time you, you pack up and leave. And I'm not saying it came easy because that meant like I was, I just resigned from the job and I didn't have a plan B. My plan B was just to make travel eat slay great and just push it a bit more. And I felt like Staying in the role, despite it being a financial uh, pillar for me to um, get Travel Eats Lay going, everything else, I, I couldn't do the day trips. I could not have thought of the different ideas that I now have now um, if I was still in that job. Because most of my time is just, um, it's sucking out my creativity. So if anyone else is in the same boat, if you're, you're not really stuck unless you, you make yourself stuck. There's always options out there. Like it might be um, a thing for you to start researching alternatives, look at, um, look at your skills and see where else you can place those skills or look at your idea if it's a business that someone is thinking of starting um look at the business if and I think before even looking at the business is it really something that you can wake up every day and eat talk sleep your business because to me 
Travel is like it's just embedded everywhere, like from my phone cover, my um display picture, like I have I have it everywhere as a reminder that if there's ever one day you're slipping, your dream your dream is also slipping. Like travel Islay is not gonna make it if you don't make it. You talk about uh, fear in a post on Instagram. Um, you said it was false evidence appearing real. And you, yeah. you also talk a little bit about comfort zone. So is that where, that's the journey that you had to go through, was mm-hmm. leaving that comfortable position, being afraid because it was, stability immense stability for you yeah um my i'm a taurus as a star sign and change is like a big thing for me i think um i have to really think about it like whether it's a change of circumstance change of whatever change it is um whether it's big or small. Some people may see it as, uh, oh, it's just a petty thing, or it's just a small thing. Um, but to me, change, regardless of whatever it is, is a big thing. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, how am I going to, um, I need to sleep on it for like a whole month before I understand how to navigate in it, how to be great in this new change that I'm uh, living in. But then, I think nowadays, I think this also happened when I left my job. That was the biggest change I think I had ever done in my life because I was so much in my comfort zone. I, it was a job that I had prayed for and I was just like, I need this job to work. So because that job was um, very the securest thing that I've ever had in my life, I think, Um it was tough for me to let it go. So that was the biggest change I think that I had had in my life. And, but it also helped me um, refocus my relationship with change. Um, In the fact that I used to be so afraid of change, whatever it is, like whatever circumstance it is. But to me, now I'm taking... Um, it's not like I'm taking it lightly. I'm not taking change lightly, but then I'm also understanding that sometimes without change, there isn't growth. So you need to be accepting of change in order for you to grow. And if you see, and I'm not saying every change means you're going to grow, but then you also need to be calculative about the change that you're going to make in order for you to know the steps of your growth. So where do these ideas come from? That's what that's what I'm trying to figure out. Like were you was <laughs> Caroline like three years ideas. old? Like was was Caroline three years old? Like if it's not about my growth mother, then I don't want it. I'm not going <laughs> it's it's I'm not, not even that. Going. Like but that was the opposite. From? That was I have no clue. I if I was to tell you where, I think I would actually have to make it up, unless you want me to make it up. I don't know. And I can only <laughs> attest it to 
to God. Like I, I, I don't know where my, where my ideas and what I, like ideas of, of the business you mean? No, not at all. Like, um, you, like where do you get your mindset? Like how you think about things, how you make decisions, how you take your actions, what you prioritize. Um, I don't, I don't know, know a lot of people like read books or watch inspirational people. You said you watch entrepreneurial journeys, but I don't know if that's yeah. like a new thing or if you have been building um, yourself up, talking to people and all these, you've been to over 30 countries now, like talking to people and hearing different perspectives. Like where, where's your education coming from? <laughs> like that's I, Okay. It's a, it's a mixture of things, I think. Um, I do tap into people's inspirational, um, like entrepreneurial journeys and just to see how they have come about and how they have dealt with challenges or, um, how their business came to pass basically, because ideally we're all like, that's the journey that I'm going into or those are the tips that I want to try and avoid if they have mentioned of things that have gone bad. And I, um, I think I'm okay. Going to prior uh, prioritizing my, my day to day. I don't think I really have a good schedule. I'll be honest on how to prioritize unless I'm working towards something. Um, for example, I've just, uh, released my next event, which will be next month because I work alone. I had to source, um, like the sponsors who I'm going to work with, um, for that event through email. I was like looking on Instagram, looking at different brands that are around that I would like to reach out to, to sponsor. And I started this in end of December. And I was just like looking around and saying, okay, I have built a portfolio for myself. This is what I, I travel is they stand for. And these are the kind of brands that I want to work with. And this is the value that I will be able to provide for them. And I just put that out in a pitch and I sent it to a few brands and I was like, this is what I'm about. And, um, do you want to work with me? Yes or no. These are the people that I've worked with before, and this is the um, deliverables that I've managed to uh, provide for them before, and I'll be able to do that and more for you if we're able to partner together. Is this something that you can um, get on board, yes or no? And I sent out a few of these emails. I got a few no's, and then I got a, f- a few yeses. I ran with the yeses, and I... Um, launched the next event I was just like whoever is on board with me we move whoever isn't that's fine your loss not mine I just move on to the next thing um and then back again priority because I'm working alone I prioritize if I'm working towards an event I like to get everything sorted within a month that means having all my sponsors having everybody that I'm working with 
intact. I even message my friends and I'm just like, in a month's time, I'm going to need your help. You are going to help me um, work for at, at this event. Are you available? Yes or no? I like my things um, planned out planned out ahead it goes back to what I was saying about change because I don't like surprises I'm not really that good at dealing with uh last minute dropouts or um things that I cannot control or things that I cannot foresee in order for me to plan out how to um a plan b basically so that's how I work (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if that helps as well. <laughs> I wanted to mention, by the way, that your post about fear, false evidence appearing real, was while you were parachuting in Switzerland. It, it was a okay. parachute, right? Yeah. Oh, paragliding. Yes. Okay. Paragliding. So, okay. That but, was... But you talked about a fear of heights. And again, coming back to your comfort zone. So, like, you really practice what you preach. <laughs> But, okay, so my fear of heights is still there. It is less, um, what would you say, less um, heightened than it was when I first got on my first flight, whenever whenever that was. What I've also been trying to do is once a year, I um, take myself completely out of my comfort zone um whether it's the paragliding whether it's I've climbed the O2 which um I'm not sure your way it's a venue here in London which is like you're harnessed towards to to something to a piece of rope basically and you're climbing this it's like a dome shape uh building and I did that with two of my friends. And we, as, lo- as, as well as it was pushing me out of my comfort zone, I was also helping them do the same. So um, yeah, but what I was going back to say, like once a year, I have challenged myself to do something out of the ordinary that is like extreme in my books extreme um whether it's doing that climb of the o2 i think last year me and two girls that i've traveled with as well we did um we did something i just don't remember what (laughs) but it's just everyone is afraid of something and if someone else is able if someone else has the same fear as me and they're willing to help me while I help them conquer that fear, then let's do it. Like fear is only, is only there if we allow it to be there. Right? Like someone can be like, Oh, I'm afraid of some, I'm afraid of heights. I'm afraid of heights. And because you're not doing the thing that you are afraid of, it will remain a fear. Yes, it will. Um, will. (laughs) I'm just so mad at you. (laughs) Because you say it so normally. Like, this is how everybody thinks. Like, like, (laughs) it's not. um, And don't get me wrong, there are things that I'm afraid of. 
of course. Um, I'm afraid of rejection to me. No. I would, I don't even think I have the balls or like, sorry to say that word. I have the guts to step up to a guy that I like and be like, yo, yeah, give me your number. Whoa, that's like extreme to me. But okay, I w- well, that's what you're doing next month then, right? Yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> I have actually, um, a friend of um, me and my friend have said that we need to go speed dating. So we're going to try that out. <laughs> um, I'm not saying that you don't have any fears. I'm just saying like your approach to it. You're just like, yeah, if you let fear hang out with you, then you're always keeping it there versus like yeah. just sitting with it and talking to it and like making it your friend or whatever. But, like, that's not everybody's attitude towards fear. That's what I'm trying to tell you. But you just say it's so normal. Like, you're really making me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So, when you left your job, how Mm -hmm. was the response in your circle? Your friends, your family? Were they like, what are you doing? Um... For my family, it was like, what are you doing? But then, again, I think I pre-warn people before I do something crazy like that. I did pre-warn them. I was like, oh, I'm thinking of leaving my job. But I pre-warned them like a year in advance. I was like, this job is not making me uh, feel well. I think I had like panic attack moments. And I was just like, um, even if they say no, or even if they don't agree with it, my health is agreeing with me um, not staying in this situation. So, but I did pre-warn them. I was just like, this is how I feel. I'm thinking of leaving. And the first thing is financial stability. How are you going to manage it? And this and that. And I was just like, to me, I had, because I had talked myself so much into it, I was just like, I will manage. I'll find a way. I have savings. I'm going to um make it work and I did make it work I I just um I just made it work (laughs) I think it comes down to you have to it it was something that I had talked myself so much into that I felt it was right for me to do and I don't necessarily need people's approval or backing if it's right if it's sitting right with me have you you had support as you are figuring out your way um yes I would say I whenever um I think it was even before I thought of doing the day trips I bounced the idea back and forth with my friends and I was just like, okay, what do you think of this? If I do this, if, and I'll back it up and say, it is important if you have a business or just yourself as a brand to, as a person as well, if you have a close circle of people, whether it's friends or family, that you can bounce ideas back and forth with and that will tell you the truth you just don't want the people the yes people that just like yeah do it it sounds fine yeah just yeah go for it yeah leave that job yeah uh do whatever 
you want the people that have the best intentions for you and that will tell it to you straight. Because <clears throat> ultimately, um, yes, it's it's your life, but then you also need people that will stare you in the right way. Like, oh, have you thought of this? If you do A, have you thought of the consequences of what A will have with B? And the things that you don't necessarily see because you're in the in the grind or in the moment of I just want to leave this job and um, I want to start a new business or I want to do this. So yes, I did have support from my friends, from my family leading me into like, okay, have now that you want to take this step, what's going to happen with your mortgage, for example? Um, I used to have a car. I had to sell that. I was just like, yep, I don't need the car anymore. It's not like I needed it before, but it was just there for comfort. If I need to go to the shops, I know I can hop into my car and go to the shops and buy whatever I need and come back. But some luxuries that I used to have while I was in that job, when I then left it, I had to cut back on. And I was fine with it, knowing that it's me, it's leading me, or at least I'm going to focus on what I like to do, what I want to do, uh, building my brand. Have you figured out some self-care practices that don't you? Um, not some t- oh. self-care, I think, before, I think my self-care practice was like, uh, once a month, I'll treat myself to a massage. I'll go to like, um, getting my nails done, getting a pedicure was like the thing. Um, and I have to admit, like sometimes, like ever since living that job and then now with what I'm, what I'm building or at least what my goal is towards, um, I haven't had a a massage for a while. Like I want a massage. Um, Like I went through a phase of like not getting my nails done. Cause I was just like, yo, you could put that money into your business and like, you could be doing this and that for travel East Lay. So, but then it also makes you realize like self-care is not just getting a pedicure or a massage. Self-care can just be turning your phone off and, um, just watching a movie and like blocking everything out, all the noise out. Self-care can also be like, I know it's, it, the word self-care is into it, but then it could also be just spending time with your family, spending time with the loved ones that um, that you haven't been able to be doing when you've been like in the grind. I wouldn't say I have a self-care regime per se. Maybe it's my notion of what that looks like in comparison to what everyone else is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I mean, you described some of it, like you said, maybe taking a social media break. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Sometimes I think, too, that self-care is 
answering the thing that's calling you. So if you have something that's tugging yeah. on you that you want to share with the world, I think that's also a part of self-care because you're spending time with this part of yourself that wants to, to be expressed. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you as well, <laughs> are there any hobbies or interests you have that aren't about making money? Um, hobbies, going to the gym. <laughs> I don't know if it's even a hobby. It's like an interest. The well, the interest is um, being healthy or having a banging body. That's to me, like that's a hobby that I, it's funny that I would say it's a hobby because for some it probably isn't, but it also doesn't look like, like, my physique doesn't look like uh, uh, gym is my hobby. Like I don't stay in there um, 24-7 for me to look like I have the banging body. But it's at least keeping my fitness up is something that I I slacked um, at the end of uh, last year. But then I'm back in the gym. I'm back into eating healthy and getting in the right frame of mind. Um, I also like swimming, which is health related. Um, making clothes. Like I have a sewing machine, which I, my sister bought for me when I was uh, a while back, like probably 10 years ago. And once in a while I get a creative streak and I bring it out and I make clothes. The thing with me, when I when I like something or when I have a hobby, I like to do it, like, a lot, like, um, frequently. Like, I, I can be making clothes for, like, when I say clothes, it's probably, like, skirts, not anything drastic. Um, I can make it for a week and, like, do it every day for that week, and then I get bored. Then I put that sewing machine back probably like for another year or another six months or something and then I bring it back so my hobbies are probably um they have ups and downs I wouldn't say the thing that I do every day that is probably my hobby now is just travel eats lay I would say that's also my hobby because um that's the that's the thing that I'm always on now except for like breathing and being alive <laughs> and that hasn't grown boring for you yet no because every every time I find something different to there's always something new whether it's I meet up with or I connect with new people or um Someone else gives me an uh, like a collaboration idea. Oh, let's do this thing together. I feel like our brands could um, could benefit or could um, have a mutual interest. Or um, there's some things like I think on Twitter mainly. I feel like um, there's some things that I probably take for granted that I just ask out, and to me. In my mind, I feel like everybody or everyone who travels should know. And 
it then turns out not everybody knows whatever that thing might be. So I use um, those, like my Twitter platform to just put across some ideas that I have in my head and I might have come across through my friends or something um, just to see what other people feel if it's the same reaction or if it's um, just myself thinking crazy. And this doesn't have to be travel related. It can just be like a day-to-day, just a normal thing of life. Like I think last night I posted up a poll asking people whether they uh, take a shower or take a bath. Yeah, it can tweets. Yes. And I like those ones because they're the ones that actually create engagement. Like just because your uh, travel brand or whatever brand you are, you don't always have to talk about the things that fall within your line. Because people are normal as well. They just want to relate and talk about normal things. Um, right? Yeah, I think so. When you do travel, is there a particular kind of way you like to explore a place? I haven't been on a long haul um when I say long like a long duration holiday or travel for a while because my travel is now just day trip related I think the longest that I was was that I've traveled for recently was a trip to Morocco for four days and that was with another uh travel blogger someone who I had met through my day trips and She's now become a friend that I can now travel with for longer durations or longer periods for. But saying that, um, I think as um, as a traveler, I like a, a bit of both. I like adventure. Like I can do a hike uh, um, trip. I can also do a beach trip. Just lay on the beach and not do anything while someone hands you a cocktail I like those trips as well um I think it's dependent on my finances for me to to decide whether I can which kind of trip I can do can I do a trip to explore the city like that means uh contacting a tour company in order to do um I don't know like a trip to the desert or something um, or I just do a walking tour around the city and still have fun. I don't know if that answers your question. <laughs> it does. <laughs> because, like, it depends on um, the kind of trip, the things that you, you do, right? Yeah. And yeah. Your, your trips aren't most content creators like if they're bloggers or whatever they're going and they're just with themselves but you're with other people so and if you're with other people you're going to treat it differently than if you were just taking a trip with your best friends or by yourself yeah. Or whatever. so yeah yeah i haven't actually i think my last solo trip i did a solo trip last year it was a day trip again um 
it was to a city that um where where did I go to? I went to Bratislava. And I'd seen like a few chats on uh, Twitter that it was it's a lovely city. This is that, and I think I did post it. I wanted to make it a day trip with other people, and I got no response. And I was just like, "Oh, this is a bit weird." Um, it's in Slovakia, Eastern Europe. Not many people in the black travel scene like to travel to Eastern European destinations, which is understandable. But then um, if you want to see the world, the best way to do it, even if it's just for like a glimpse of it, just take a day trip to uh, Eastern European city and just see how it is. Day trips are also a taster for you to um, know whether to come back to that destination for a longer period of time. So it was just funny how, like, when I posted it up, I was like, yeah, I'm going to Slovakia. Does anyone want to come? I got zero response. I posted up, yeah, I'm going to Milan. Does anyone want to come? Like, I got a flood of people wanting to come. It's also the perception that um, the destination, or at least the region, like, people, when I say people, like, maybe some Black people might be resistant to traveling to Eastern Europe than they are to... Um, any Western European city because of um, they might have heard oh it's it's a racist um, uh, country or a racist city or um, it's too cold the weather can also be like um, a negative can have a negative impact on people to travel to certain destinations it's all understandable um I just feel, why not? Let's let's explore. Like, you're never gonna know about that city unless, or about that region unless you just venture out and go there. I didn't say let's re- relocate there. I just said let's go for a day. <laughs> Do you think that being a black woman has impacted your travels? Uh yes. In some situations, I think it's impacted my travel and also impacts work to a certain um, extent. Travel-wise, to some countries that that I've traveled to, I might have been the only Black person in that space of time that they have seen. And it's just like, oh, this is um, a different person. And they're inquisitive. I remember a trip that I took to Istanbul with a friend of mine. And we walked around the city and it was all fine. And then we got to, there's a mosque. Um, I don't know, the, I don't remember the name of the mosque, but we wanted to enter the mosque. But just before we entered the mosque, there were people on the streets and they were like calling us names like, oh, um, Michelle Obama or like Beyonce or every every celebrity who is uh, black, we got name called them. And I think, I don't know if that was the first encounter that I had that people realized that I was black. Um, but it was just like, at first it's flattering. Like, oh my gosh, 
they think I'm Beyonce or stuff. And it's nice to a certain extent. And they would want to take pictures with you. Um, we stayed in that city for three days, if I'm not mistaken. Day one, you can imagine. Yay, that's fine. But it comes to a point of annoyance that um, it just gets too much. Um, and I felt it at one point that we were walking down the street and we had, a f- had heard a few name calls. But then one kid came up to us and was begging for um, money. And we didn't have any spare cash to give him, but he decided to follow us and walk. He walked with us for like a mile and a bit. And he was just, and I think he even got into a song of like begging for money. And we were just like, oh, we're really sorry. We don't have any uh, money. Um, And I'm a little bit short-tempered sometimes when it comes to things that annoy me. And it got to a point where I was borderline nearly about to shake him and just be like, we don't have any money. Can you stop following us? So I had to call the, there was a uh, passerby, like somebody who was just passing by. I had to call him, ask him if he spoke English and just for him to reiterate to the boy to stop following us. And we don't have any money for him. It might sound crazy. Like what is this crazy woman doing? But like in the, in the moment, if you had been there, you would see how it was annoying and it was um, borderline like, it was a bit strange as well because he kept following us up and we had to pass by where we were staying for us to avoid him following us yeah. into our... Yeah. It becomes, a, it, it becomes a safety way. thing at one point because one boy could become two, could become three. Yeah. You just never know what could happen. And um, we didn't know if anyone else was watching him, anyone older was watching him, that if we had given him money or if something else had happened if they were watching us to see what um, the reaction or whatever. So we were just like, no. And at first we were like, okay, we will just ignore him. He'll go away. But no, he persisted. He was, and I'll give him that. He was very persistent. But then to some, to an extent, it was, we, we couldn't help him. No, it, a lot of times if you haven't rehearsed what to do, when you're on the spot for what to do in those kinds of situations, you know, mm-hmm. women find ourselves in all types of awkward situations. Like we're always having to figure out how to navigate safety <laughs> in any yeah. given situation, whether at work, clearly in other countries, so forth and so on. So it, yeah. it makes sense that you try to protect yourself because you never know what people's intentions are. You never know who is watching. Sure. Um, so yeah. Yeah. And it goes with work as well. I think a major thing for me is I like to change my hairstyles and I think it's the same with a few black girls and at work I've had, or at least the previous works that I've, um, the previous work that I'd been in, I had to restrain myself in the amount of times that I changed my hairstyle 
just so it wasn't a topic of conversation at work to be like, oh, you've changed your hairstyle. Can I touch it? Can I do this? Can I? And I'm just like, we should, I don't know, we shouldn't come as a warning sign to be like, yo, I'm going to have a different hairstyle next week in a way, like, so that you just don't ask any questions. And oh my God. <laughs> but like, that's I how you write I, an office email or like the Slack, like, hey guys, just want to let you know yeah. I'm changing my hairstyle. Still don't ask me and still don't touch me. Thanks. Like, P.S. <laughs> oh. Like, yeah. Have you seen the video of. <laughs> I'll laugh. It's really not funny, but oh Lord. This lady oh, is at her desk and she's recording her coworker being petted by the white coworkers because she changed oh, her hair. I think her name was Gracie or something like that. It was like, oh Lord, Gracie changed her hair. The white people are at her. Yeah. Um like it shouldn't be it's the same though. Like, um if a white person has cut her hair from it used to be shoulder length now is a bob length no one comes up at her and be like yo you cut your, like yes you pass a comment you've cut your hair or your hair looks nice passing a comment of your hair looks nice is different to like how long did it take you to get that hair oh can i touch it can i like put my hands mm-hmm. through it like there's some things that are just that should just go unsaid like pass a comment i like your hair that's it just don't go into any details of how long did it take you? It was short last week. How come it's long this week? Mm-hmm. It's my hair. That's because being black in public spaces is still not normalized. Yeah. Um, you know, white supremacy, all that stuff. <laughs> like, that's just, they feel like they have a right to space and they take up that space and they don't consider humanity. They don't mm. consider black people as human a lot of times and what kind of situation they're just fulfilling their own which inquisitiveness. Is, which, like, they don't actually care because they're, how many videos? How many black girls are on YouTube doing their thing? How, Instagram. And these are apps. These are website services they already use. If they were seriously curious, there's a way to find out rather than, mm-hmm. like, harassing in person. Mm-hmm. No, no. But it's it's um it's 2020. Like we are <laughs> we have been around it's not like it's a new thing. It's not like oh we have just seen the first black girl ever. It's but think about it. When you went to school, when you went to university, like how much interactions did you have with them? How many white people are your friends right now? Like it's 2020, but <laughs> we're still segregated. You know, a lot of ways. I, I do have white friends, but then I, it's like, it's, a, it's, they have come. I think basically how it should be is that if we just tell it to the world that every white person should have a couple of black friends, every black person should have a couple of white friends, integrate. So, you know, not to ask dumb questions, ask silly questions, the world would be a better place. And would all have respect for each other. Because no one would come up with excuses. Always been made to know white culture. White culture has not been made to know black culture. It is not, I do not think that it is the responsibility 
of black people to invite white people into our lives because clearly they consume us ad nauseum. They take all of our things, mm-hmm. they monetize our things. Yeah. Um, but it, then it's it takes our, right? It takes them black. taking them taking themselves. They are steeped in privilege. It takes them taking themselves out of that in order to play like yeah i mean i think that they do realize it but if you i don't know if you got all this acreage are you really about to give up your acreage like that's what that's what capitalism does that's what privilege does you want to remain privileged you don't want to give your privileges up and by keeping those doors closed you are protecting your whiteness and the sanctity Mm -hmm. That, that a lot of people believe the world, a lot of the world believes this whiteness has. So they're not stepping, not that they're necessarily up, but they're not stepping forward. They're not reaching out a hand because they are being rewarded. They are, um, they don't have to. <laughs> they don't have to. They don't need to. They don't have to. It's it's the same like how 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 long ago were black people paraded around Europe in zoos like a, like a petting zoo? Yeah. How long ago was that? That there's nothing new because they are nothing new. They are tired. They are uninventive. They are <laughs> true. Protecting- Which is why we need more black people to start up businesses, start up inventions. Get like if someone is some people are sitting on ideas because they're just like, oh, maybe people don't like it or they might not receive it well, or I don't have the funds to do it. All understandable excuses, but until you if you've got that business plan, start just put it out there. Don't wait for a hundred people to get on board before you start doing it. Even if you have the most important thing is have yourself as that person as backing you up bring in your families and uh your friends out and sometimes it's also good for you to know that your family and your friends sometimes are not even your customer they're not going to be your customer basis whatever you're creating is for the masses so don't be waiting for your family and friends to be jumping on board you be your cheerleader first bring that product out to people see how it goes and no one dies when something fails you just have to reinvent yourself better and know what's working what's not working goes back to the fear thing say that (laughs) that's that's everything all of um, Caroline, do you have any song lyrics or a poem that speaks to you these days? Um, if they made a song about travel, it's late. That's it. Like to me, I don't, um, girl, don't... you better stay on brand. <laughs> <laughs> travel, East Slay. Travel, East Yes, Beyonce, copyright, like, but bring a song out about travel, it's like, no, no, I'm kidding. Um, 
just talking about your little friends coming out with their stuff. Don't wait for your family and friends. You know, you yeah. got somebody, you know, make beats in the basement. I don't, do y'all do basements? I don't think y'all do basements. Maybe um, in the garden, whatever. <laughs> underground, like, as in, like, a, the basement of a house? Yeah. I think y'all yeah. just do, like, super tall buildings. Y'all aren't undergrounders, you, you, really. You, studio. Just call it a studio. If anyone's got oh. a studio... Holler at me. What what be in the basement? The the laundry. That's what be in the basement. Okay, okay. Never mind. It's fine. Oh. <laughs> um Yeah, we don't have under like underground space like that. You better work, Miss Caroline. Get this your brand. Get your theme song together. A song is coming out right at you. <laughs> Yo, 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 it's about to drop 2020, you hear? Like, we got to take this thing to the next level. I got bars. Yes. Uh, sign me up right now. But I'm saying Stormzy, holla at me. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Give me a little grime beat together. Yes. Caroline. Even if oh. it's just one liner, I'll do it. <laughs> How can people support your work? Where do you connect with you? Okay, you broke up a little bit, but can you still hear me? Yes, I can hear you. So, people can support me on all socials. I'm Travel Eat Slay. I get some people get confused I guess it's probably like an older generational thing. It's not travel, eat, stay. It's travel, eat, slay. S-L-A-Y. That's on all socials. Um, My website is uh, www.traveleatslay.com. I'm pretty active in terms of responding and engaging. Um, I host day trips if you want to get in touch or get involved in that if you're based in the UK um just hit me up on my socials and you can join um I organize events and those are publicized on socials as well if you are a brand or um another travel blogger and you want to collaborate in any way I'm always down for that um, just hit me up. I'm pretty open. Like, if anyone has any suggestions of things to do that they would like me involved in, I'm an I'm I'm, uh, I'm an open book. Uh, just reach out to me, and let's make something happen. If I can't do it, then if I can't do it now, I'm sure I'll be able to do it at some point in the future with me. Work. <laughs> travel eat, slay, not travel eat, stay. That's Indeed. <laughs> that is all, all right. you need to know. Because that's what we all do, right? That's the theme for the century, for the year, for the lifetime. I do travel and eat. I don't know that I slay so much, honestly. Do you know, like, the word slay is up to your interpretation. I think personal interpretation. Different people would, I think, 
in my terms, I meant it more of the fashion side. Like, you're slaying, you slayed that um, jacket well. You can slay your travels well. If you're eating in, like, luxurious places, even if you're not, you could be eating at McDonald's, but if you're in Dubai eating the McDonald's, that's travel, eat, slay as well. Like, it's not... Um, this is how you should travel, eat, slay. It's down to you. I don't give you a prescription as to how you're going to travel, eat, slay. You are showing the world how you travel, eat, slay. And if you're doing it wearing the merchandise, even better. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, A woman about Thank you for slaying this podcast i appreciate you yeah. taking the time out Thank from your busy day and have fun slaying your running around things I need you to have to on do. long haul trips the next thing is for me to actually start doing long haul destinations so i can hit up the u.s so i can come to the caribbean so i can but then i feel like there's plenty of people doing it in the market so I just need to reinvent it, my own style and repackage it and come in a different light. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you again, Carolyn. I really appreciate your time, your energy, oh. all your thoughtfulness, all my answering all my questions. <laughs> the question, like, thank you for even making this possible. Like, oh it was... It's good to know, like, you know, when you talk to people, you then get to know how people view you. Because to me, I would just be like, it's automatic. I just push things out and I just hope someone likes it, however I've packaged it. So it's good to, your questions were really an eye-opener. Well, I suppose I was slaying those eyes open then. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, slay everything. (laughs) (laughs) well you have yourself a beautiful day thank you again I appreciate you have an awesome one thank you bye bye